The pandemic of 2020, churches, businesses, and schools shut down. Protests and rioting across our nation's cities and devastating division like our country has never known. Despite these unforeseen circumstances, the gospel must go forth. The Great Commission must still drive the hearts of men and women who follow after Jesus. While our message must not change, what about our methods? How can we be ready to share hope intentionally and effectively in the year ahead? We'll hear from the speaker of the Lutheran Hour, Dr. Mike Ziegler and his wife, Amy, on this Action in Ministry. Inspiring you to be the hands. Empowering you to be the feet. Strengthening you to be the heart of Christ for others. Action. Action. Action in Ministry. Hi, I'm Rachel Legute, and this is Action in Ministry. It's a new year. 2020 is over. I think many of us are still trying to wrap our heads around the year we just walked through, and much of the strife still lingers. Joining me today is the Reverend Dr. Mike Ziegler, speaker of the Lutheran Hour, and his wonderful wife, Amy. Mike and Amy, we want to talk today about being effective at outreach in our current world, a world we are all really trying to figure out still. I'm glad that you guys are here joining us today, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you for having us. Well, Amy, Mike, it's been a year, right? How was 2020 for you guys? Like everybody else, (laughs) a lot of (laughs) unexpected things and adapting on the fly and plans canceled and new things coming to be. Yeah, we have all faced a, a calendar year where we've had vacations canceled. Our kids were sent home from school. We did school from home. We've done... Uh, sports being canceled. Our work lives are completely altered. I even have recorded episodes of this podcast while sitting in my housemate's closet. And the world is just strange. (laughs) Uh, But we know that, yeah, but we know that God is still at work in all of this. And we could probably all share tons of crazy stories of the weird things that we've encountered along this year. But I'm interested in knowing what kind of God moments you guys have had in the midst of all this chaos. Mike, let's start with you. And then Amy, I'm going to give you a little more time to think about what your your good ones are. Before I came to Lutheran Hour Ministries, I was a pastor of a local church in St. Louis, and I've got to continue serving. Our whole family continues to worship there. And we have a mm-hmm. new pastor now. And one of the things that I've kept doing is teaching confirmation class. It's, it's crazy, but I, I enjoy it. <laughs> but but trying to do a confirmation program last year was uh, unlike any other. We had to cancel confirmation. We were going to do, do it in May. Uh, we did that early on, just said we'd postpone it. And then we did classes on Zoom for a while, mm-hmm. took, a, took a break for the summer, came back in person with masks and distanced in the fall, and then ended up having a, a late confirmation in October we had four students confirmed. We did a great confession of faith night outside in our side lawn of our church and uh-huh. heard them confess Jesus. These young people in front of their family members who had gathered, we were all out in the lawn under a tent and, and it was just, it was beautiful. So that, that was uh, to see that the work of the church goes on through all this in, in new ways and in fun ways, that, that was a, a God moment for me. Yeah, like even 
adapting just the the rhythm of how we we interact with the the spiritual practices of our life had to adapt as well and I love hearing you talk about okay well we'll just move it to the lawn if we can't do it in the classroom we'll just push it back a little bit and we'll do it on the lawn I love it that's great what about yeah, you that Amy? was that was Amy's idea ah <laughs> well Amy like I know that you're no stranger to looking for God at work around you. What are some of the ways that you saw God show up in the midst of the chaos of 2020? 2020 was supposed to be a very exciting and new year for us as a family. Our son, Josiah, is our oldest, and he was a senior. So we were looking forward to some momentous things that we hadn't ever done before. Like his school has mom prom, where the moms get to dress up and go to the dance with the boys. I've been looking forward to that for four years since the day I heard about this. And that got canceled. And, you know, his graduation, that's probably important too. And all these other other things got changed and rerouted. And that was really hard because I thought I kept thinking this isn't what it's supposed to be like. This is not how I had lined out my calendar and my days and everything. And Elise was back home and it was her freshman year. And it just Mm -hmm. felt like they got kind of jilted from their sports and activities, like you were saying. Mm -hmm. And then it occurred to me before my son leaves for college, where we're not going to have this regular interaction with him, I get all day, every day, and my whole family under one roof, including my husband, who isn't going to work in the typical sense. And it was just like a realization that, wow, this is so much greater than all the out and about and rush and get to's. And and, uh, even though I didn't get to dress up, what's valuable came through so much more and just realizing Like, actually, that's probably more of what we needed than what I've been looking forward to. That resonates so much, I think, with a lot of people, this idea that all of a sudden we live these crazy schedules and all of a sudden we're home with our families. And in a lot of ways, for me, too, getting to spend so much more time with my kids than I ever would have had otherwise. So I think as mothers, too, we we can it can be a temptation to look at the future and worry about what things will turn out like and worry about all the things that they're missing and all these experiences we want them to have. But how can we look ahead with anticipation, even in a future that looks a little unknown? There are things that we're coming up against that we we haven't been able to really anticipate what it looks like. How would you look forward into the next year anticipating the good things for your children? During one of my Bible studies in the morning, I came across this verse, Psalms 86, 11, and it says, teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. And it just has resonated with me for the past several months, and I keep finding it more and more applicable. The part that says, teach me your way, it's just, it's like, guide me and help me to discover what you're wanting. And then that'll walk me in your truth, which is a forward motion, mm-hmm. you know, and then, and then in the truth, not just in any misguided direction, giving me an undivided heart, you know, and, and I think COVID has helped us to realize how many ways we've been divided going this way or that. But really, our focus should be fairly narrow, even though the outpouring might be broad. You know, that if God is our one focus, then everything else will flow. And then that I may fear your name. And it makes me think of the Proverbs 
to fear the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Mm -hmm. And which one of us doesn't need some more wisdom? Right. So <laughs> it's just, yeah, that, that verse has just filled me with a lot of hope and peace when I need one or the other. Mm -hmm. Well, Mike, you seem to be a pretty, um, you have a structure to life that I, that I see. And I just wonder, how do you feel about unknowns in general? A lot of it this year has made me upset to my stomach <laughs> because I, all my routines have been upended. Uh -huh. But it's also been a good time for me to, to pay more attention to, to what and whom God is sending me. And, and that, like Amy was saying before, that to see this time, I mean, this, this is an awful time and People are dying and it's, it's a part of the broken world that we live in. And in, in some senses, none of this is God's will in, this, in the sense of our sin and our brokenness. But at the same time, we trust that God sends all of this. And, and how do we respond to what he's sending us? And so to, to receive this time with my family when, when I, I'm not able to travel, to, to receive this as a gift from him. Mm -hmm. to receive a, a little bit of a slower pace in terms of the, the fullness of our schedule, new avenues that are opened up because other things have been shut down. So that, that's been a good, good time for me to, to be, again, back to what Amy said about having an undivided heart toward, toward what and whom God is sending me, being responsive to that. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about outreach. You guys are people, individuals, you're a couple, you're a family that is active in ministry. Mike, you're, you are a bringer of the gospel. It's, it's your work. It's what you do. What do you see as the culture's receptiveness to the gospel at this time in our society and in our, in our lives that we're living today? Are people receptive to the gospel? Maybe not in the ways that they had been in the past. Maybe fewer people are asking questions about God in the same ways. Like, how, how do I know I'm going to go to heaven when I, when I die? You know, mm -hmm. questions that, that might have been really pressing on people's minds in different generations. I think people are still asking questions like, what reason do I have to live? How do I keep going in the midst of upheaval and uncertainty and unknown? And so people are still wrestling with those deep questions about what it means to be human. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? And so I think in that sense, they are as receptive to the gospel as, as people ever have been. But to, to share the gospel, to let it be in a place where people can hear it, it's got to come from a, a relational moment, a, a time when we get to know people and understand, get, and, and not people in general, but a specific individual, what they're going mm -hmm. through, what questions they're asking, and speak the gospel specifically into that. I love that. Like the shift from looking at as people as a whole, as this one unit, but taking that and saying, instead, how do I share the gospel with this one person? That's Really Which it makes makes that hard when you're doing like what what we do and what I do <laughs> is mass media proclamation. Uh -huh. When I prepare those messages, I try to have specific individuals in mind mm -hmm. and and hope that that speaks to somebody. And and I think the more specific and experiential you can get for one person, the more universal that appeal 
can be. Yeah. Well, Amy, your husband um, is on a microphone, oftentimes doing ministry, and you have this type of boots on the ground role with your kids and in your community and with other women that you are studying scripture with and, and active in ministry with. Have you seen a shift in how people are perceiving the importance of the gospel? Yeah, I think that, like Mike was saying, I think there's a lot of questions being asked right now. There are a lot of people that have a lot of their podiums that are crumbling around them, you know, the whether that be uh, work or routine or finances mm-hmm. or politics, all of these things are, are crashing. And so they're looking to see, you know, where, where am I? What am I standing on? And um, what should I do about this? So I think a lot of our neighbors are coming to us are like, well, we live by a park and there's a lot of people walking parks now or, you know, um, and so I've been outside doing different projects and talking with people as they walk by at a social distance mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, but just the questions are like, oh, you know, that, that are coming up are different, but they still are at the same heart of, you know, what am I standing on and is it going to hold me up? And I think as the church and as individuals, both, we have the rock of Christ. Yeah. And we can respond with that. And, but, you know, as Michael was saying, that's through individual discussions and finding out what pieces of their world have collapsed in this last year and giving them the solid ground mm-hmm. to step forward on. What about the church's role? So much has changed when the, the pandemic first started taking over in the United States. So many people had to start doing church in their living room, right? Or from their cell phone or uh, tablet or computer. And they were no longer gathering in person with the body of Christ. Has there been a shift in people's mindset about the church's role in their life and in society? Have you seen anything that would indicate that to you? Something that I've noticed in my own mindset, and it's related to the projects we're doing with Lutheran Hour Ministries Mm-hmm. specifically with the households of faith and and spiritually vibrant homes that's that's helped me remember that the church and the and the home and the household are are partners in nurturing faith mm-hmm. in in people and maybe we overlooked the importance of the household and this pandemic has helped us see that that that's uh needs to continue to be a place where where faith is nurtured mm-hmm. because a lot of us were stuck in our homes and you know if we think into a future where there are fewer church buildings or or think into a different place like for example communist china where churches have to meet underground in household churches mm-hmm. and so there's there's ways that we can be church that doesn't look like the institutional church attendance machine that broke during the pandemic. And we can be the church through our households as well. Yeah, that's a really great point. I think about you guys have children. I have children and uh, my my girls are young and trying to have them sit in front of a TV uh, for an hour seems like an easy task if it's, you know, um, silly 
cartoons, but having them sit in front of a TV for an hour when we're trying to participate in a worship service can be a real struggle. And so it's been a, a really interesting set of months of trying to be intentional and how do we lean into these spiritual conversations um, with our family inside of my household so that we are still encouraging one another in the faith um, in the midst of a hard time of trying to gather with the body of Christ. So our households are so important. What have you seen, Amy? How has the pandemic in 2020 changed uh, your connection with the body of Christ? Or maybe it hasn't. I think that uh, for me, I just feel like I need to be personally more equipped because I've been having more conversations and it's in some ways we can't rely on you know, necessarily bringing everybody to church with us at this point in time. But so it needs that I need to be well-resourced. I need to be able to send them to other products that have been created, such as like what LHM has, you know, and say, hey, this is a really good resource I found and direct them to do that. Or just even within my own house, you know, I'm hearing that people are struggling with finances or, you know, don't have coats for their kids Mm -hmm. and things like that. Just to be able to take anything that we have and be ready to give it away and to share with somebody that we might have found in need. Mm -hmm. And then I also think remembering those who are alone, our house is full and busy, but not everybody's is. And, uh, got several congregation members who are alone in a house or in a nursing home. So to take care of them by being more intentional about calling, Mm -hmm. writing letters, dropping things off on their doorstep, just to remind them that they're loved. A person from my congregation was diagnosed with COVID-19 this week and I called them. It's somebody who actually leads a Bible study that I attend and I called them and I, I checked in on them and he, he usually teases me and gives me a hard time about everything. And he's like, you know, Rachel, you're pretty great. You're, you're really nice. Thanks for checking in. And I was, I, I told him I wouldn't tell anybody he said that those small acts of like, reaching out to each other and checking in and making sure that we can find connection points in the midst of it with our community of faith. But also you touched on the idea that our method of reaching out changes too. We can't just rely on um, inviting you to come to worship with me on Sunday or come to Bible study or come to this fellowship time with me because those things are harder to invite to right now. What are some methods that that you see, you pointed to having some good resources on hands, but what are some methods that we can be using to share the gospel with people in this time? Mike, what do you think? Actually, what we were saying before about starting from a relation, a relational context, I think that's a really powerful place to start, to pay attention to, to whom God is sending me. And And in a time when I'm limited to my home, then I've got the people in my own household and I've got my neighbors that I still see. We have conversations and have continued to have conversations with them over the fence. Mm -hmm. And neither of our two neighbors on on either side are practicing Christians. And so being a witness to them and and trying to include them in our lives as much as possible. And they they know who we are. They know what we stand for. and, And there have been moments when we have had intense spiritual conversations with both sets of neighbors. And then there are moments when we're just sharing life together. And, and so it's not like a constant, we're, we're constantly like barraging them with uh, the gospel and it's uh, mm-hmm. and it's uh, like 
arrows into the heart every every moment we're relating to them but but they know who we are they know what we what we live for and so i think it's that ongoing witness that we we can be with the people right where we're at is a really powerful way to witness to jesus i wonder if you see any places where there could be some really easy pitfalls to fall into are there are there places that we should be a bit more careful? Should we avoid altogether thinking about, I spent, I spent a lot of time on social media, uh, because of the work that I do. And even just yesterday, I saw people who I know in real life are best friends with each other. And they were having a a bit of a, a digital sparring with one another in a very public way. And, um, I just, I thought that perhaps their conversation might have been a bit easier had over the phone with one another or something. But do you guys see any types of pitfalls or things that we should avoid at this time? Amy, what do you think? I think that right now it's very easy to allow division to create distance, mm-hmm. keep being told to be distant, stay in your home, stay separate, don't uh, overlap. And then we have a lot of inflammatory issues happening around right. our nation and our neighborhoods, um, a lot of opinions. Mm-hmm. and. I think it's, again, key to not have those conversations in a broad manner. But then, like Michael was saying, know who your person is that you're talking to. Get to know your neighbors Mm -hmm. and just find out where their heart is, find their fears or their hopes, Mm -hmm. and and just talk about those things and not allow it to be developed into this, you know, big picture, you against me, but having a staying close. And even if that's not physically close, that could be a phone call that could be over the fence. That could be, you know, a one-on-one meetup of some manner. Don't allow the distance to cause division or vice versa. Mm, I love that. Well, 2020 has come to a close and 2021 is ahead of us. Knowing where we've come from, what advice might you have for Christians as we enter this new year? I really appreciate Lutheran Hour Ministries' new focus that we're going to be talking about in 2021 with the Hopeful Neighborhood Project. And the term that, that I've heard used is hyper-local. Yeah. I think that's a really powerful term. And, and it goes back to, to be paying attention. Who is it? that God is sending me? What is it that God is sending me? And, and I mean that in an embodied sense, like who's, yeah. who am I around in my daily interactions, my daily life? Earlier this fall, I had gone out when it was a really nice, warm fall day and walked around our neighborhood and, and just did some prayer walking. And I hadn't done that in a while, but I, I want to do more of that and pay attention to to the, the neighborhood that I actually live in and not the neighborhood that I wished it wished I lived in or wished it would be, or, you know, that, that more people would come to my church, but no, what neighborhood does God actually placed me in mm-hmm. and, and pay attention to that. Uh, not the people that I wish would come to my church, but the people who actually do come. I mentioned the confirmation class. One of those confirmands was a, a young girl who was 10 years old who came to our church out of the blue four years ago without her parents. Her parents mm. uh, didn't uh, go to church, but she lived within walking distance and she just decided she wanted to come to church one day. 
And now she's confirmed and she confesses Jesus. And, and so just paying attention to, to who it is that God sends us and sends me. That's what I want to do in 2021. Amy, what do you think? I was reflecting on all the yard signs mm. everywhere. You know, it seems like front yard signs, uh, they've been quite popular this year, you know, yeah. and uh, they throw out these big belief statements and they claim allegiance to one tribe or another. And I just was realizing that, again, I need to know the individual behind that sign. And uh, I think I need to be cautious of grouping people or making a stereotype based on things and rather get to know individuals and, again, know their hearts. And that will lead to conversations that are meaningful for both of us. So I guess being less judgy and more lovey. (laughs) Less judgy and more lovey. That is something I can uh, get behind as well. It would be so easy to let the the months that we've just lived through be something that makes us um, tired. And uh, and they do. It can be exhausting. Living in the midst of ambiguity can be something that really takes a toll on people. And it would be easy to grow weary and get discouraged. But why is it important for us as followers of Christ, as the body of Christ, to not grow weary when the world starts to feel heavy and discouraging? Why is it important for us to press on and how can we find the strength to continue being active in ministry? Because we have a God who does new things mm-hmm. and puts new songs in our mouths and, and comes and lives among us and, and experienced what we experienced and rose from the dead and promises to come again and, and in the meantime, leads us on this incredible adventure through a beautiful creation, a creation that is still good, and it groans for the, the restoration that is coming. So I'm hopeful that, that he'll do more of what he's always done in 2021 and the years ahead. Amy, what final words of inspiration would you leave for our listeners as we enter into a new year? After what Mike just said, I don't know what I can do or say other than aim, let it be so. <laughs> and yeah, that just filled me. Thank you, Mike. Well, you guys are lovely. It's been so great to sit and chat with you about outreach in our new year. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Rachel. Thanks for all you do with this, this program and have done. The Great Commission tells us to go into the world and preach the gospel baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Our calling to go, baptize, and teach does not change with the changing times. What an opportunity we have to share hope in such uncertain times as nothing is uncertain with God. No matter what may come, God promises that He is with us until the very end of the age. We want to end today with an announcement of a change for us. Action in Ministry has been a wonderful platform for us to share some amazing stories over the past couple of years. Stories of people living out their God-given passions, sharing help and hope that comes from Christ alone. It's been inspiring to me, and I pray it has been for you as well. While the heartbeat of our ministry has not changed, this will be our final Action in Ministry podcast. We thank the many people that have shared their stories through the years. 
We encourage you to visit lhm.org and check out our Action and Ministry archives and other new podcasts like Speaking of Jesus with Mike Ziegler. There are so many valuable resources available for you. Thank you for those who have been our guests and thank you to you, our listeners. We pray you'll continue to put action in your ministry. That's Action and Ministry. I'm Rachel Legute. Thanks for listening.